You got any biscuits for sale in there? Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Kudzu Radio Hour, number 118, with Buffalo and Billy, Jim and Patrick. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, August 29th, 2020. And uh, we're so happy to have you guys here. We're going to be talking today about the essential recordings of Gainesville, Florida native, the late, great Tom Petty. Should be fun because Tom recorded, as everybody knows, a pile of great music. Just wonderful music. And we love him and we miss him. And uh, his music will live on forever. Tom Petty. Discussed by our panel later on in a little bit. But right now, I do want to thank our sponsors. We've got a couple of really great sponsors for the Kudzu Radio Hour. One of them being that little old band from Los Angeles. Not to be confused with that little old band from Texas. (laughs) Although they have a lot of things in common. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton's a big fan of that band from Texas. And used to play in a, actually in a ZZ Top tribute band when he was younger. How about that? And from what I understand, they had it going on. And they were called Tres Hombres. How about that? Imagine that. But the band that I'm talking about that Billy Bob is in now is called The Box Masters. They've been around for about 12 or 13 years and I've been following them since day one they have recorded a bunch of albums and they've got a bunch of albums recorded that have yet to be released they just are prolific bud thornton and jd andrew are prolific songwriters put it that way and they love to record and i love them for it i just i love their stuff their latest album is probably their best yet it's called light rays and um, had uh, the initial single from it was called Breathe Easy, but this week they're releasing a second single, which is the title track, Light Rays, another great song. Oh, my goodness. And uh, the whole album is, is great. Uh, like I say, the album uh, is called Light Rays by the Boxmasters. It's going to be available on CD, vinyl, and downloads coming up real soon. Uh had a few delays because of the COVID, and, but it's, it's coming out. In the meantime, keep up with them on their website and uh, social media. And mark your calendar for the summer tour next summer, 2021. Had to be postponed this year, but they're going to make it up next summer. And the guys are chomping at the bit to get out and play live like all of us are, right? The tour is going to include the United States as well as Europe. Read all about the new album, the tour, and much more at theboxmasters.com. Follow them on social media, Facebook and Instagram. JD does a wonderful job on Instagram. Uh, Just go look for the official Boxmasters account on Instagram. And uh, you can get all sorts of pictures and fun stuff every day. So that's the Boxmasters. Our other sponsor that we love and appreciate is Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. 
fresh chicken responsibly raised on family farms, on family farms, with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. This is good, fresh chicken. They raise it the right way. Uh, it's not some big corporate farm kind of thing. You know, it's family farms. And that's what we support. Always have. Always have. I've been a staunch supporter ever since Willie Nelson started the farm aid. Uh, we need our farms. We need our family farms to do well. And we need Springer Mountain Farms to continue to do well. They do great. I saw a guy in line at the grocery store the other day buying a big old pack of Springer Mountain turkey breasts. And I had, you know, I kind of have to say something. So I told him, I said, hey, man, I said, uh, you like that chicken? He goes, yeah, I get it all the time. I said, well, please keep on doing it. I said, uh, the guys are friends of mine. And I'll tell you what, I, I don't think you can get better chicken. They said, no, it just tastes better. And I said, yeah, honest truth, honest truth. So anyway, at Springer Mountain Farms, to order chicken online and have it delivered to your door, which you can do, uh, or you can just read more about it, and whatever you want to do. Go to the website, springermountain.com. That's springermtn.com. Not only is Springer Mountain Chicken healthier for you, but honestly, it just tastes better. Good stuff. Kudzu Magazine, our sister uh, publication, of course. Which came first, the magazine or the radio show? Well, I, I don't really remember now. <laughs> I know it all stemmed from a magazine I did for years called Grits. But um, somehow or another, it all came around like that. But issue number 38 of Kudzu is out right now. It's, it's always free. You can read it online. Uh, interview with Jack Pearson, a great guitar guy. And just all sorts of great stuff in that issue. Got an archival interview with the great Bonnie Bramlett. Oh, man, just so much to read. Now, coming up in just a couple of days, issue number 39 is going to be out. And it is chock full of good stuff. Cover story on the great Dan Penn, an archived interview with the late great Chips Moman, an interview story with uh, one of the hottest bands out there right now, Georgia Thunderbolts, who I last week called Thunderbirds because I was thinking about ZZ Top. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's Thunderbolts. I know it is. They've got a brand new five song EP out, and I highly recommend it. Georgia Thunderbolts. All that uh, interview with uh, Jughead Johnson, the original road manager for Molly Hatchet. Lots of fun. Oh, man, this issue is packed to the gills with good stuff. And we hope you'll check it out uh, at, uh, you know, at uh, kudzumag.com. Now, make sure you spell kudzu, K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G kudzumag.com write to us about the radio show radio program or the magazine at kudzumag at yahoo.com k-u-d-z-o-o-m-a-g kudzumag at yahoo.com we're open to suggestions uh as long as it's not you guys shut up 
<laughs> we don't like that one. One my uh, one of the uh, great things out there right now that I implore everybody to, other than voting, which is number one, everybody please vote in this election. Please vote. It's unbelievable to live in such a free country where we have the right to vote and so many millions of people just don't vote. How can you, you can't complain about the leadership if you don't vote. And everybody wants to complain about the leadership all the time, no matter who's in office. <laughs> Please vote. You got that message from me, Michael Buffalo, right here, Kudzu Radio Hour. But the other thing I was going to tell you about that I hope you'll sign up for to support is uh, Save Our Stages, www.saveourstages.com. And um, just sign up there and they will send a letter to your uh, state representatives asking for help and keeping the venues going because so many venues are just, you know, closing or going out of business. It's crazy, man. Crazy, I say. Well, we're going to get things started. Uh, since we're talking about Tom Petty, one of my favorite albums he ever did was uh, Southern Accents. And this song, the first time I heard this song, it blew me away. I was in college and I got to where I was playing it like several times in a row, you know. Anyway, I hope you like it. This is, of course you'll like it. It's Tom Petty, for goodness sakes. It's a fun song that Tom Petty did called Spike. And uh, we'll be back with the boys right after this song. Y'all stay tuned. Thanks.
Folks, that was, of course, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, uh, and we're going to be discussing Mr. Petty on the panel today. And speaking of the panel, I want to introduce to you our friends, my friends, my friends, three guys, three guys who always drink Lone Star beer, unless somebody gives them a bottle of Bandero tequila, <laughs> the, the unexplainable Billy Eli. Hey, buff. The reprehensible Patrick Beach. <laughs> what up? And the I'm not really Gorgeous. here, Jim Hemphill. Hey, how you doing, Bob? It's good to see. You. Today, the four of us will set aside our petty differences. Oh God, you didn't really. Tell you know, I had to work on that. <laughs> you didn't really. Tell oh, shut that. up. No. To discuss the essential recordings of Gainesville, Florida's native, the late great Tom Petty. Damn the torpedoes. Let's go. Yeah, man. I want to start out by saying um, 2020 continues to suck. Yeah. Uh, as we pay our respects to a young actor from right down the road in Anderson, South Carolina, who died yesterday, Chad Bozeman. Very young. Died at the age of 40, uh, Two. Th 43, I think. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it was a movie. It was forty two. He died at forty three. There you go. Died yesterday after a battle with colon cancer. Star of the Marvel comics film Black Panther, but he also did a great uh, job playing Jackie Robinson in the movie Forty Two and James Brown in the movie Get On Up. And I'm happy to say I got a chance to meet um, Chad down in Anderson and stand and talk to him for a little while. And uh, a nicer guy you would never want to meet. And uh, just very nice and humble. And, you know, he didn't whine about having cancer. In fact, a lot of people didn't even know that he had been having surgeries and treatments for years on it uh, with it. But uh, anyway, like I said, 2020, I'll just chalk 
his passing up to yet another reason to hate this year <laughs> and hope that 2021's much better. I don't see how it could be any worse. It or, even, or even as bad. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Okay, boys. Boys, boys, boy, boys. Um, I just want to say, I, just, I was thinking uh, back in junior high, you call somebody a boy. They go, boy, you better feel again. Now, that's yeah. redneck right there, buddy. It is. It is redneck to the core. Um, so, anyway, all that being said, it's time to start out with our weekly recommendations of book, movie, record. Who wants to volunteer to go first? Not me. But... I'll go first. I'll go first because I want to go last on uh, the second category. Well, okay, go ahead. Uh, um... All right. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of the Cohen brothers, <coughs> yeah, we were, week, weren't we? This week, I sometime went, we were. Yeah. This this week, I went back and watched their very first feature from whenever Blood Simple, which was, I believe, shot in and around Austin, Texas, and I was really struck by several things. Uh, the whole Cohen Brothers aesthetic is fully formed in this very first movie. It's it's got the dark humor, it's got the gore, it's got these crazy tracking shots. The the one that I remember the best and that I appreciate the most is the tracking shot that's going down the bar and there's a drunk passed out on the bar and and the camera goes up and over the drunk. It's it's got it's that's it's a, got this. That's a scene I remember. That that shot you're talking about is the thing that I always think about when I when yeah. I remember that movie. And uh, and of course it has uh, their condescending attitude toward the human race, particularly if you have a funny accent. And it has Francis McDormand. It's all there. It's all fully formed in their very first movie, which they made for about sixty bucks or something. Uh, so that's my movie. My book, since unfortunately East Texas and uh, Southwest Louisiana were in the news this week because of Hurricane Laura, I went back and read about the first third of Mary Carr's memoir, <clears throat> The Liars Club. She grew up in Leechfield, Texas, which, Billy, you can correct me on my geography. I believe that's not too far from Port Arthur. Is that right? I do believe that's correct. Yeah, she came up hard, and uh, she is a two-time, I think, winning pushcart prize poet but man she writes like a dream it, it is just music on the page and she's so blunt and raw a lot of people compared her to uh uh oh damn it who's that female catholic writer uh you know back in the day it doesn't matter anyway uh the book is The Liar's Club. It came out around 1995. That was the first of two memoirs that she published. The second one she published was called Lit, and that was mainly about her alcoholism and her relationship for a time with David Foster Wallace, who is unfortunately no longer with us. The record, I'm really happy to talk about because uh, I hadn't listened to it for probably decades. But news of their upcoming box set took me back to Pylon's Chomp from 1982. A band from Athens, Georgia, back when Athens had the, that whole thing going on with R.E.M. and the B-52s and Love Tractor and Pylon. Sort that, of, that's the name of the band, Pylon? 
pylon yeah uh they were sort of also rans in yeah, that like, scene like dr- like dreams so real right right, no, right. No, another athens band that right. that was at the very tail end of it didn't quite get the boost <laughs> yeah the thing about pylon was they were they could have fit into that manchester factory record scene they were art rock students they barely had a nodding acquaintance with their instruments and they just and they just they just rocked out and they had a killer killer rhythm section and uh rem held them in high enough regard that rem recorded uh their song crazy from chomp as the b-side to driver eight it later turned up on rem's dead letter dead letter office but uh yeah that's from 1982 i probably didn't hear it first until 1985 and like i said a minute ago probably hadn't listened to it for decades it was like wow this is a tremendous band and it, it sounds like something and yet it's singular if that makes sense that's sort of contradictory but anyway in 1987 uh rolling stone declared that rem was the best rock and roll band in america and bill Berry said thanks but we're not pylon is <laughs> and when I, when I was listening to chomp yesterday crazy came on and i said hey they're covering rem he's like oh wait no rem covered them so pylon really go have a listen you'll be pleasantly surprised if you like the danceable art rock let me interject <laughs> let me interject right quick i uh, just i just heard you talking about pylon and uh one of the great shows i ever saw was seeing them in atlanta and uh i just got word from the publicist the other day they're, they're sending me a box set of pylon right right, right yeah oh my yeah. gosh i can't hardly and wait some, and somebody who was in pylon is in a pylon tribute band <laughs> <laughs> now that's rock and roll that's better than the king uh yeah. better than the kingsman yeah. you know, I, I, I love that it's getting progressively weirder every year man <laughs> and, I, and i'm reminded of that of that great hunter s thompson quote man when the going gets weird the weird turn turn that's exactly right yeah. my man <laughs> so that's my three knock <clears throat> yourselves out uh jim go jim you're up all man. right go johnny go Billy. i did most i did most of my homework within uh oh buffalo Ah man, one of my that's good. That's damn good Buffalo bourbon. Buffalo Trace, that's good bourbon. We've, that was uh, a we birthday drank, present. We drank a lot of that. Birthday present from Joey. Man, you know in you know in Kentucky, in Kentucky you can get that shit for like eighteen bucks a fifth. <laughs> what now? It's it's really cheap. I bought a bottle of it in in Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky, like of course, a, yeah. Yeah, it was like under twenty five dollars. Amazing. And it's, it's it's hard to find here sometimes, even. Yeah, it's uh, like Blanton's, man. It's like so me it's trying right. to find Lone Star Beer in Spartanburg. Well, anyway, we can, do, here's, we can do our top five bourbons next week. Here's 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 <laughs> my picks, and I did almost all of my quote unquote homework within five minutes of the end of last week's show. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> That's the way to do it, man, while well, it's fresh. It, it's because y'all had inspired me on a couple of things. Uh-huh. Um, for my for my movie, uh, Buff talked a lot about Tom Dowd last week, so my uh. movie is going to be Tom Dowd in the Language of Music. Yes! That's a terrific which movie. is a terrific, terrific what documentary. What a great, what a great movie. Uh, you know, and goes through his career, you know, with Atlantic Records and and doing the, the Muscle Shoals stuff and producing... Cream and Derek and the Dominoes and 
just you, you know so so much stuff uh i'm trying to remember when that came out of uh, my guess is 2005 or so yeah it's called the language of right. music right something like yeah. that yeah yeah tom dowd yeah. in the language of music the greatest scene in that to me is at the board and isolating tracks from layla yeah uh, mm-hmm. and, and and this right here is Dwayne solo mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. go ahead uh, i'm sorry well, i just i, I love yeah, that and, film I, I yeah i love Dwayne. he's i still say he his slide at the end of Layla is is his intonation was not quite there, but had a lot about of as perfect as it gets. And anyway, um, so that's my movie. Check it out, Tom Dowd in the Language. Of yes. And then my book was inspired by Pat talking about Lawrence Wright's uh, book, The End of October, which is about an airborne virus that takes over. And I heard the word airborne, and I thought of the airborne toxic event. Ah, yes. Not the band, uh, of course. but the of book course. from which the, the oh, band uh, took its name, White Noise by Don yeah. DeLillo. That uh, kills. It just kills. White, White Noise is a, you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of a postmodern, uh, very odd, strange book if you're used to, to reading more mainstream literature as I am. Uh, it's, it's about a guy who's... <laughs> A university professor specializing in Hitler studies, Hitler studies, who's been married like five or six times and has five or six kids, and is just now learning to speak German after teaching Hitler studies. And then the airborne toxic event comes, and and people have to scatter, and they look for strange drugs to treat the effects of the airborne toxic event. And it is just a, it's a real trip. It's a real trip, and uh, just it just made me think of that. I have seen the band, The Airborne Toxic Event, once and not a huge fan, but the book is re- a real trip and it's something that came out, I think, in eight, right after I left college, maybe 85. It's also really funny. It is. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those books that is, is an experienced read and it stays with you. Um, speaking of challenges, I'm, I'm kind of cheating this week on my, on my record pick. It was not inspired by anything other than thinking, you know, I was thinking of, of greatest hits and best of records and when they can really serve a purpose. Cause I did uh, Sly's greatest hits a few weeks ago. And this is a li- different trip. And this, this is a great CD to, as an introduction to this band, if you don't know anything about them, because their catalog is so sprawling is an understatement about this band's catalog. And if you, are curious as to what they're like and you want to get a, an initial I know where you're going with this. This is this is this is an excellent uh, excellent 32 track single disc. Uh the best of guided by voices uh-huh. human <laughs> amusement at hourly rates. Guided by voices is a is well it's whoever Robert Pollard says it is. Uh but uh Robert Pollard is the one constant um Ohio guy who loves the who and used to he was a high school jock and was a teacher for a while and <clears throat> made uh, music with his buddies on four track cassette in, in basements and got some acclaim and then became kind of a rock star uh, at, you know, at in his late forties, early fifties. Also uh, through, through, through a new, no hitter at Wayne state. Yeah. was a, was a, was a both, both, both baseball and basketball uh, athlete. Um, there's there's even a biography out on him which I wouldn't recommend unless you're a hardcore fan but it's interesting for us hardcore fans to read 
but they range guided guided by voices ranges from really lo-fi uh indie stuff recorded in a basement to highly sheen highly uh, polished uh, high sheen commercial stuff uh, it's you know if you had to put it in a genre it's kind of power pop british invasion influenced um usually with loud guitars but not always um so it ranges if, if you if you look into guided by voices probably the 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 early record that's that gets the most praise is is uh called uh uh what's that record with uh tractor rape chain on it uh under under the no bushes no, under no, the, no, uh, no 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 uh, no uh the the first one the, the when they first i've got my notes here uh uh b1000 jesus right 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 b1000 and then uh so that's early stuff i i'm very partial to one of their later albums that is is a highly polished record called isolation drills yeah um but i mean a great introduction is human amusements at hourly rates. Uh, song titles are one of their most awesome features. Uh, Everywhere with helicopters, uh, 14 cheerleader cold front. Yeah. Echoes, Echoes Myron, tractor rape chain, game of pricks, which is maybe my favorite. Uh, Shocker in gloom town, my valuable hunting knife, teenage FBI, watch me jumpstart great all great songs all on this compilation they are uh, great i, I, I want to say that to uh uh guided by voices I, I love that and um their song titles always reminded me of titles that captain beefheart would write mm -hmm. uh, you know sure. yeah, yeah like bat chain yeah. puller and, and i gotta all that kind i gotta of stuff. I, I gotta share a few uh live guided by voices memories that i shared with jim the first time that jim and i ever saw them was during a south by southwest at the oh, old course. austin opera house and we thought that was pretty incredible and that was like the weirdest damn thing i've ever seen <laughs> and then uh and then they came and played at waterloo park outside some kind of festival and they hadn't yet recorded teenage fbi and they played it and was like this is the hookiest song ever it was it was an incredible song yeah i think yeah i think they had done it really early on one of their their very obscure things and then they re-recorded it the the, and, the, re the recording on the on the best of is the early recording strange and then in 2014 uh jim and i went to riot fest in, in chicago mainly to see the replacements reunite and got it by voices was there and they played during the day and of course pollard had a cooler full of beer and a full fifth of Cuervo tequila and a bunch of bros standing right ahead of us got into a fist fight it was like how drunk do you have to be at a guided by voices show to get into a fist fight with your friend they did it they did a farewell tour uh and then changed their minds and, and got back together but they're one of the one of the one of the things they did on their farewell tour is played an episode of austin city limits yeah oh and yeah holy yeah. oh yeah by the oh, end they yeah. are so drunk I mean, that's no, when Nate the, Farley was the second guitar player in the band with Doug Gillard, who's a great player. And Farley is so drunk, he can, yeah. barely, he can barely function. That's one of the most, that's one of the most fell, classic episodes of Austin City Limits ever. He fell off the stage. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> now, I played in bands where guys have fallen off the stage being drunk. Yeah, we I were, played with Billy, too. So We were, ne uh, <laughs> we were never on. Uh, I've, I've fallen on the stage. True. I've seen it. Did you say on the stage? <laughs> on the stage. Well, that's better than off. Yeah. yeah. 
It can get dangerous right. out there. So those are my three. Okay, well, and uh, I guess I'll go next since Billy's gone. He he must have, God only knows, had to go get some more tequila, I guess. It's unexplainable. He is unexplainable. My book actually doesn't come out till November 17th, but I've already read the uh, galleys, and you guys will probably love this book too. It's a book called Time Between by Chris Hillman. Coming out on BMG Books, My Life as a Bird, Burrito Brother, and Beyond by Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Chris Hillman. Wow. He talks about all the bands he played in, Manassas and Souther Hillman Fury Band, McGuin Clark and Hillman, Rice Rice and Hillman (laughs) and Peterson, and Birds, Burritos, Desert Rose Band, so many bands. Had songs recorded by Steve Earle, Patti Smith, Roy Rogers. That's kind of, now that's eclectic. And of course, <laughs> Dwight Yoakam wrote the foreword for the book. Time Between by Chris Hillman, a really, really, really good rock and roll memoir. And speaking of really good, I watched one last night, a movie. I've been wanting to see it for a while, and they finally got it available on Amazon. Uh, and it is called Boy Howdy, the Story of Cream Magazine, America's only rock and roll magazine. They kickstarted that movie. They kickstarted it, and uh, yep. it is so jam-packed with great, uh, great interview footage and stuff um, about the magazine starting in Detroit. And and uh, you know, I thought that some of the old New York stories, like CBGBs and stuff. I thought some of those places were run down looking, but boy, the showing the pictures and all of Detroit at the time that Cream started, it was equally uh, squalor. Uh, I mean, up one side, down the other. But people, all, everybody's in there. Michael Stipe with his beard and his pierced nose. I didn't know Stipe had pierced his nose, but I guess he did. Cameron Crowe, Susie Quattro, who... Um, I always like Lester Bangs, lots of films of Lester, and they talk about Lester a lot. Of course they do. Dave Marsh, who clashed with uh, Lester here and there. Uh, old films of the Cream Offices, and that girl Jan Yukoski or something. I can't say her last name. One of the main people at Cream, the uh, the only person ever invited to play air guitar on stage with Kiss. And she put, they put the makeup on her and put her on stage. And um, so it's kind of cool. But she was, she was really, I, I enjoyed watching her. She just looks like somebody I wish was my friend because she just seems so sweet. Yeah. I uh, also have Wayne Kramer from MC5. And uh, they talked about how Robert Crumb designed, designed the boy Audi. Uh, he was looking for money to pay his rent. <laughs> and I said, well, if you design the logo, We'll pay your rent. So there he did. Did the milk bottle boy howdy thing. So how about you? Also, uh, Robert Duncan, Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Lenny Kay, Alice Cooper, Ted Nugent, uh, Mitch Ryder, Peter Wolf, Don Waz, and that guy Robert Kruskal, probably my least favorite rock and roll critic. 
Here now. Here now. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's, he's good and all, but he's an asshole. Okay? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But then he's again, they said Lester was too, but I don't care. He's not an asshole. He's just from New York. He's just what? <laughs> from New York. <laughs> oh, same. Th oh, yeah. I thought that was the same thing. The, um, yeah, I've all through the years as a uh, journalist, I always dreaded having to call a publicist in New York <laughs> for obvious reasons. And, of course, when I went up there and lived in Jersey for three years and worked in New York and everything, uh, a girlfriend at the time would tell me to shut up and don't say a word. If they hear your accent, they're going to mug you. <laughs> uh, my record uh, goes back to 1973, of course, my pivotal years in music were probably 71 to 75, but 73, first time I had it was on an eight track tape and I ended up getting it on LP. It was, uh, Leon Russell did an album called Hank Wilson's Back and he was a country character named Hank Wilson and he covered all these songs like Rolling in My Sweet Baby's Arms, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry, Six Pack to Go. I'm going to tell you, I loved that record, and it came out around the same, well, about a year after Leon Live, but he helped to bridge the gap between me and my father. I've talked about in the past how my father would find my Cream and Rock Scene magazines and ask me questions about New York Dolls and Wayne County and all that stuff. Well, he was also into, uh, he really thought that this Hank Wilson record Oh, you're finally listening to good country music. And I'm like, yeah, but it's Leon Russell. And he goes, well, yeah, so, but okay. But anyway, that's it. Hank Wilson's back, volume one. He later did another one or two volumes, but can never recapture the magic of that first one. But uh, that's it. Hank Wilson's back. And speaking of being back, um, Billy's not. So, um, you know, I'm not sure that he even had anything together for this anyway, but uh, I guess we'll just move on into the other segment and see what happens. Um, we'll talk about our essential Tom Petty songs. Now, Pat, did you say you were wanting to go last on this or first? I'd like to go last if you don't Okay, mind. well, we'll go with Jim first then. Sure. Sure. Uh, gosh, I don't know where to start just talking about Petty. I, he was, yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, I've had arguments, I've had arguments with friends who don't understand and they appear to consider him, you know, basically the equivalent of, uh, of Brian Adams or something like that. And, and like he was what, the, the, one of the great American songwriters and the Heartbreakers, one of the great American rock bands. There's just no doubt in my mind about it. He's, he was, he was pure rock and roll. He was simple. He was direct, uh, and uh, no artifice, no BS. And that's what I loved about his his stuff. So when Buff, when you said last week um, we were going to do this, as soon as we were done, I just wrote down five songs. I didn't stop and think, oh, I need to be representative of different stages of his career because you know he had the early stuff. He had some kind of jam band tendencies he did lots of covers he did he was an r&b he did all kinds of different stuff i just didn't pay any attention to that i just said here's five songs 
and um, they are the least creative top five list that you could possibly imagine. Okay. <laughs> uh, but these are the ones that, that do it for me. And I even made a different five song list to be less obvious and said, maybe I should do this one. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sticking with my first one. They are all from the first four albums and four of the five are on the uh, greatest hits record. That came Damn out it, in, man. You're going to kill so, my list. So, so I, so this is going to be the least surprising list of all time. Uh, number five I, I I mentioned this one a couple weeks ago when we did deep cuts and it's my number five petty song and that is Shadow of a Doubt, A Complex Kid from Damn what a the Great Dark Song, Years. man. Uh, easily one of my favorite petty songs. Uh, you know, and when I looked at this list, I thought, you know, I could say a couple of things. The, my list tells me that for me, Jangly Petty is the best petty. Yep. And that... Um, Again, his his more direct songs that uh, you know, and to me are the ones that I like. And to me, uh, "Shadow of a Doubt" is uh, it's got a little bit of snarl. It's got a little bit of Dylan-esque stuff in it, and it's got some absurdity. But it's just got great rock and roll. Um, you know, you could you could just do five songs off "Damn the Torpedoes" and you'd be in pretty good shape. I'm not going to do that, but but my first, my number five is uh, Shadow of a Doubt, Complex Kid, Damn the Torpedoes. Number four from the second album, you're going to get it, Listen to Her Heart. Uh, it is the first Tom Petty song that I remember being conscious of. I'm sure I probably heard Breakdown before, yeah. but I remember hearing Listen to Her Heart and me thinking, oh my God, someone has listened to the birds as much as I have. Right. Loves them as much as I have. <laughs> right. Uh, because I got the Bird's Greatest Hits record when I was maybe 10 and played it to death and just loved, loved it. And Listen to Her Heart is a, such a great update of of the, the jangly Bird's sound, but also has some of that, you know, has some of that edge. Supposedly, Petty wrote it about a party that his first wife went to in which... Uh, uh, Ike Turner was hitting on her and uh, Ike. and uh, kind of wrote it in response to that. Just, just, a, I mean, I've played it in several bands and I, I, every time it comes up on the set list, I just, I just smile. It's just such a great song. Uh, number three, I'm going back to damn the torpedoes. Even the losers get lucky sometimes. Man, what a great song and one of the best bridges in rock and roll, man. Uh, the, yeah. You know, Petty as a lyricist, the first verse and the bridge of Even the Losers are economical, compact, and universal <laughs> and carry so much weight. It's spot on, man. If I could, I mean, you know, and I would... You know, I will, I will, I will, I will fight you if you don't think Petty's a great lyricist. Right. Yeah. And, and I've got a friend who's a huge Springsteen fan who 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 turns up his nose at Petty. So we need to shun him. And I, I said, look, I would take, I would take a song like uh, uh, even the Losers over ten Thunder Roads. And I like Springsteen, and I like Thunder Road. Hey, hey, but, hey, 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 that's but, going a little too far. Let me interject this, since you brought up uh, Springsteen, and, and here's something that, that I've thought about his stuff a lot. Springsteen's stuff is great, 
but it gets a lot less great when somebody not him plays it. If yeah. somebody else covers it, it's not as good. Petty stuff, I mean, it, it, it's been covered by so many different bands, so many different genres, and, uh, you know, it's it's like Jim just said. It's it, uh, for tight and being tight and economical and, and you know, and direct and spot on, man. Yeah, you can't beat it. Let, yeah. me, let me interject this. Uh, going back, you know, touching on Jim was talking about Tommy Dowd, and uh, I got to know Tom after I interviewed him the first time. I got to know him pretty well, and we talked many times on the phone after that. And one time in a conversation, he said something to me that just resonates with me to this very day. He said, <clears throat> songwriting, he said, a, a great song is a great song. Yeah. He said, you can take a great song, and you can play it in any style you want to play it in, and it's still a damn great song. Right. You can play yeah. it heavy metal, country, uh, gospel, uh, blues, bluegrass, you know, bluegrass, anything. And of course, that's been done too. You know, you know, bluegrass, yeah. undergrass, and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, well, that's not who I was thinking about. I was thinking about what was the band that did the covers of ACDC and all that stuff? AC Dixie. AC Dixie. Yeah. Yeah, they did a great job on that. But anyway, back to your um, list yeah. there. Um, I mean, Jimmy. and 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 that sounds like I'm disrespecting Springsteen, and I'm not. I'm just no, of course to, not. I'm trying to illustrate to you how much Petty. Uh, how great I think Petty is and how much he means. He is as, great. As a, as a lyricist. And that, that, I mean, those first four lines of Even the Losers, it was nearly summer, we sat on your roof, you know, we smoked cigarettes and stared at the moon, and I showed you, stars, showed you stars you never could see. It couldn't have been that easy to forget about me. Yeah, that was... Holy, yeah, holy. No, no, man, that's, that's, that's there. And then Even the Losers get lucky sometimes. Man, uh, I... Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Stop me before and, I take up the whole hour and, talking and, about and, one and, song. And again, man, one of the best bridges ever yeah. written in rock and roll, man. That's true. That, that, I, I, that bridge is tight and, and, and goes straight there. I understand the lyrical parallels between that and Thunder Road, but it's going to take a long time for me to forgive you <laughs> for saying that it's better than Thunder Road, Jim. It, it is. I didn't don't. say. Did I? Did I? Did not. I was very careful not to use the word better. <laughs> well, here, I said here. I would take. Well, me, I would let take. Me, let, let me interject. It's better than Thunder Road. No, it's so, not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Damn it. Yeah, no, no, it no. Yeah, it. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. It's one of my I top. Mean, Thunder Road's one of my top ten songs ever. But you know what? I, okay. I just remember. I got to pick up some dry cleaning. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. so, so, you know, Springsteen says, uh, you know. Like a vision, she dances across the porch. He's telling us, he's uh, showing us, he's telling us, not showing us. And Petty just shows us by just using words, which I think is brilliant and economical. And the way that, the way that, the, the way that the four line first verse and the four line bridge parallel each other yeah, no. with three, with three great lines. And then that twist at the end, couldn't have been that easy to forget about me. And, uh, 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 God, it's such a drag when you're living in the past. Right. Always such, mm, it's always mm, such a yeah, but yeah. who would have won in a uh, arm wrestling match between Tom Petty and Bruce Springsteen? Oh, Springsteen. Trick question. That's Trick all that matters. Springsteen. <laughs> Trick question. Adam. Tom was but like, you hurt my arm. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, that's uh, so I think I've stirred up enough controversy. And who, who would have won a fist fight between the Beatles and the Sun record guys? Trick yeah, question, wouldn't that be asshole? great? Trick question. Lemmy is God. 
Lemmy is God. <laughs> Trick question. Jim, do you, do you, do you have a Lemmy prayer candle? I do. I'm looking at it right now. I have my Lemmy prayer candle on one of my studio <laughs> monitors. Uh, that's something we can all agree on. All right. So I've, I've got two more left, so I better sh shut shut up and get, get to them. Number uh, we'll two. We'll say something else about Springsteen and we'll be okay. Uh, I'm not going to say anything so. else about Springsteen. Because uh, uh, I, I mean... Thunder Road's my favorite Springsteen song. So, uh, so anyway. Just um, stop. Just stop. It just isn't as good as Tom Petty, but go ahead. <laughs> I did not say that. I just said I will listen to it uh, a lot more. than. Uh, what's, your, what's your next? Number three from the fourth album, Hard Promises, yep. Waiting. It's the hardest part. Yeah, what, a, what a great, and that, that thing that you said, uh, the, uh, the, the first one that you were ever aware of, like, Listen to and going damn what's that and that the way the waiting was that that was the petty tune that I was like oh man who's oh Tom Petty yeah I've heard of him and but yeah that was the song that got me pulled in that was the first one of his albums I bought yeah well that let's get it. to the point rolling out the joint okay go ahead so that's so the waiting <laughs> great great song again jangly petty is the best petty and you gotta love jangly petty and that's true for my number one too and my number one pick is the most obvious. American girl possibly be uh -huh. so it's the last song that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers played on stage before Tom died 12 days before he died I think and that is American Girl America, uh, yeah she was an American girl from the first record I mean to have to have someone's arguably best song on his debut album when he's had the the catalog that he's had right I mean you know, you can arguably say that Wildflowers is his best record. I mean, there's several that you can argue about, but Wildflowers came like 12 years into his career. To yeah. someone to have a career high 12 or so years into their career is amazing. I mean, Amer it's amazing. American Girl under, uh, underscores that thing you were talking about earlier, though, man, about his, uh, about his uh, you know, rank against a lyricist. It's on the best, set, best damn set of lyrics in rock and roll history, man. And and he was so smart to not write another verse, but he just left her alone on the balcony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, song. I, you know what? So you know what, man? He got he got into songs. You were talking a minute ago about that. Uh, nearly summer, we sat on your roof. He he managed to get right. You know, I, he didn't wallow around it. He he got straight in it. And American Girl was that way too, man. Yeah. She's an American girl raised on promises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you're three, and you're three steps into the into the song, man. Yeah, yeah. So great song. Always, that, always loved it. That is, I mean, again, that's among the least surprising list that you could have. But those are the ones that do it for me. Well, and, it doesn't have to always be surprising. It can just and, be good stuff. Yeah, and and I my other list was Wildflowers, Woman in Love, Room at the Top, You Wreck Me, and Anything That's Rock and Roll, which is a, a much broader list, but uh, I'm sticking with my first one. Right, Billy Eli, go next. Okay, uh, I didn't I didn't exactly order mine. I mean, you know, we did them one through five, but it, the fifth one could be the f number one one, and and yeah. you know, but uh, the uh, off of. Uh, did somebody say fifth? <laughs> the, uh, I, and here was and here was something I didn't go with the uh, I didn't I didn't go with mostly like the major hits. Uh, 
I like the the other. Uh, I think it's on uh, Long After Dark. That's the album that he did live in the studio. Is the way that they they marketed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a there was a song on the on the B side of that uh, called uh, One Story Town. Mm-hmm. Y'all not lost in a one story yeah. town where everything's oh, yeah, yeah. close to the ground. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's that to me is one of the things that I that I liked about. Uh, when I was such a fan of, of, of Petty, and we talked about this two weeks ago, I'm a fan of B-sides and deep cuts. You know, to, to me, coming up with a single or two singles, almost anybody can do that. But man, to come up with an album's worth of stuff where the number eight track holds up with the number one, number two, and number three track, that, man, that th- that's a trick. I mean, the, the Rolling Stones don't even always pull that off. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, uh, one story town had that jangle thing, man. Uh, he got, again, he got into it, it, you know, real fast and, and, um, yeah, that was, so that, that would be my number five. Um, and, uh, this one was covered by the hokey ass country band in the eighties called, uh, Southern Pacific. As a bit as a song, I don't remember what album this is off of, but um, uh, um, now I'm blanking on the title. Um, uh, hold on, <laughs> Break out the guitar. Yeah, I gotta play through part of it because I can't remember what it was. Oh, those first Th- uh, thing about you, yes, thing about you. I just those first two chords, I yeah, got and I was. I Right. Name and that I, yeah. Well, that, uh, and again, man, uh, gets right into it. And all that stuff I like is kind of got that garage. A lot of it's got kind of a garage feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's real simple arrangements, real yep. fire one stuff. And he's, again, man, his, his lyrics are, are, are killer on that. And again, uh, you know, so much of why he, those songs are so great was, uh, been my intention, Mike Campbell. I mean, mm-hmm. If you if you're Mike Campbell and your band playing all your damn hooks for you, yeah. I mean that's yeah. you know it, right. It's kind of like well, uh, is it, I don't know if that song's that good. Yeah, it doesn't matter, man. Mike Campbell's playing the lead part, so it don't, it don't, it's as good as it needed to be. My num- my number three one is a cover that he did of uh, off of uh, Pack Up the Plantation Live. He did that. Uh, he did a cover version of John Sebastian's Stories We Could Tell. Yeah, uh, yep. and. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, he he did a pretty good country song, man. I mean, he you know he he was more country than a lot of stuff in Nashville now. Uh, so that's my third one. Even though he didn't write it, I really I really liked uh, his interpretation of it. Um, and 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 the next two, I mean, it could go you know two dozen different ways. I kind of quit buying his records after. Uh, what was he uh let the let me up i had enough mm-hmm. album i, I mm-hmm. think that was the last one i bought until i might have bought wildflowers but um i'm gonna pick our late career one and this is kind of a you know this is kind of a cheap gimme but uh i thought mary jane's last dance was was yeah. pretty good and the it reason was. that i thought it was good it was a lot different than his early stuff that had that sort of sonic belt on. It still jangled a little bit, but uh, 
he kind of dialed that back and and you know and they made it was I, just as a as a single I, I just thought musically it was a little more complex and and i thought the production on it was a lot more complex and then this last one is uh um uh, off of southern accents which the title cut is very good good song too but this one's just goofy man and it's still one of my favorites of all time spike about he wrote, he wrote about seeing the biker guy wearing wearing a dog collar <laughs> I'm in this bar, and this guy walks around wearing a dog collar. <laughs> and, and he and he writes a song, and it's what? Hey, Spike, you scaring my wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So them are my them are my five, and I I stayed mostly in his early period because that was that was my favorite stuff of his that I listened to the most. But uh, you know, but I I, I liked all of it, and he. It was kind of funny. He didn't really have a, he didn't really have a point where he where he fell off. You know, I mean, he yeah. changed gears, but he but he didn't ever fall off. So, okay, Buff, you're up because Pat wants to go last. Yeah, yeah. Well, you took one of mine, but I I'm not gonna change it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my stick by my guns. <clears throat> um, <throat> well, let me start by saying songs that uh, songs that trickled in. To my brain that didn't make the list or uh a song called magnolia that was on uh, you're gonna get it and a song called Man, asshole what, what, i thought was a, a, yeah. asshole was a great song from she's the one that's a beck cover yeah and uh yeah. it was and louisiana rain from uh damn torpedoes of course and that, like you said another, everything it's another country tune and everything yeah. like you say from damn torpedoes was great and uh the apartment song from full moon fever <laughs> um I really could identify with that song, and uh, of course, I like King's Road, King's Road from Hard Promises. But again, like Jim, my list is kind of like um, I don't know. I just had to pick the things that resonated the most, and I made my list like Jim did right after we got through last week. And um, I was really, really, really blown away when the Traveling Willberries album came out. Yeah. So I've got to say that. Tom's part, everybody's part on Handle Me With Care is my number five. Um, I just, uh, I've got a uh, soundstage album of Tom Petty doing that song by, you know, with his band. Right. It's equally good too, but uh, they, uh, the whole Wilburys, you know, volume one and volume three, but volume one was... Uh, it meant a lot to me. I rode around in my, I was, I was, uh, my first marriage, I was driving around in a Mercedes because my wife thought that, it, that I was married to that big mistake was three years of, uh, you know, one of those things, but she wanted me to present myself as being wealthy, although I wasn't. So I was driving a Mercedes coupe and wearing fake gold jewelry and all this crap, Riding around listening to a lot of cassettes of jazz music, which I didn't even care about. <laughs> So then I would sneak and put on the Wilburys, you know, when she wasn't around. And but that album meant so much to me. So anyway, that's my number five. Handleman would care. Number four is uh, uh, I'm going to cheat like everybody else does, and it's a tie because you know you go back to the Jingle Jangle, and the obvious obvious respect and love Tom had for Roger McQuinn and the and the Birds. Right. Yeah. And so I'm going to say that. Uh, 
I'm going to say I'm tying the um, uh, let me see if I can read my own writing um, well now I, I think I only wrote one of them but there was two birds songs uh, he did so you want to be a rock and roll star was good on back up the pan plantation and he did a and, great version oh and uh, he did uh, feel a whole lot better right yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, that's one of my favorite songs to play I, and sing live. I forgot he had too. recorded that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was just a great song. So, uh, you know, Tom doing uh, Birds is my number four. Number three is a song from Highway Companion called Saving Grace. Uh, Mike Campbell's got some smoking guitar. It kind of reminds me of, um, in a way, of some ZZ Top kind of music. Um, you know, it's just like Tom's just, um, like I said, great lyricist and everything. I especially like that song he wrote, Thunder Road. And uh, no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. But I, I, a great lyricist, a great songwriter, performer, and um, just, you know, it's and it does, it gets under my skin when people will say, Tom Petty, yeah, he's, he's like uh, Brian Adams or something. No, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. The, uh, um, Saving Grace. Number two is a tie for two songs from the album Southern Accents. Uh, one of them is the title track, Southern Accents. That is such a great Which song. is a song that we're playing at the end of this program. Oh, nice. And the other one is Spike. Because in, <laughs> <laughs> in college, uh, that album came out when I was in junior college. And we thought that was the coolest song we ever heard in our lives. Hey, Spike, you scared my wife. And, then, right. and we used to just walk down the hall and go, here comes another one. Just like the other one. Another dumbass. Another troublemaker. I'm scared. Ain't you boys scared? <laughs> just brilliant. How in the world did he ever come up with that? That's just brilliant. Um, right. Spike and Southern Accents, that whole Southern Accents album, my number one has to be, it's always going to be, You Belong Among the Wildflowers. That's a great, great it's song. Just the yeah, most beautiful thing. Song. And that was also when I was in college. And I was like, man, I cannot believe that guy packed so many songs on one album. There's a lot of songs <clears throat> on that album. Yeah. A lot of music. And it was every bit of it was fantastic. Every bit of it. But, uh, that song, uh, Wildflowers, is just, uh, I don't know. It's its weird as everybody's given their list, man. And he's done, you know, he just did so much. He just, the, the, the volume of what he did. And, and we're sitting there talking about this, and, and you'll, bring, you'll bring something up, and it'll remind me of something else. And I'm like, man, that should have been on my list. Oh, that should have been on my <laughs> yeah. list. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, yeah, oh, damn, I... You know, King of the Hill should have been on my list. He did that with McGuinn. Uh, uh You know, and uh, yeah, we could uh, probably each one a, list. I got, a room at, I got a room at the top of the world tonight. Yeah. That should have been on my list. And, yeah. you know? That was on yeah. my my second yeah. five. Narrowing yeah. it down yeah. to five, I know narrowing it down to five for any of the four of us was probably akin to having a colonoscopy because uh, it was like, uh, I mean, it's hard to do, man. It's really hard. It's like um, yeah, some of that prolific. That's like saying. Winnie, man. That's like naming no. your top five Bob Dylan songs. Right. <laughs> I mean, what's the greatest thing Bob Dylan ever wrote? Well, yeah. yeah. The next, yeah. the next one. 
the next, the next one. one. I mean, I just wrote a review of his latest album for Kudzu, and um, that's brilliant. That whole thing yeah. is just freaking brilliant. He's he's uh, another league. He's yeah. a, that would that would could do another show, but we'd have to say name ten. <laughs> we should have done that with Tom Petty. Yeah, well, at least ten. You know, uh, if we had a drum, we would get a drum roll right now. Because it's time for you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, Patrick Beach. <laughs> speaking of colonoscopies, here you go. Yeah, speaking of colonoscopies, <sighs> yeah, he's not full of it at all. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> say a couple of things. Let's let's think for a minute about all these dozens of songs we haven't mentioned here. The waiting. Uh, I mentioned man, refu- right. you did right, refugee. Um, <laughs> right. All this stuff. It's just incredible. And also, we could do a whole show about before Jeff Lynn and after Jeff right. Lynn uh. and whether that was a good idea. Stan Lynch has already cast his vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and as much as I really admire, you know, Stan Lynch, one of my favorite drummers, him, Kenny Arnoff, and, uh, and uh, Charlie Watts. But here's the thing. Stan Lynch is still just a drummer. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. Well, also, so let's continue. Also a really but, good harmony singer. But, well, he he is, but I mean, you know, but, but you, don't, you, don't, you don't let the drummer make your production decisions. Exactly. <laughs> but I, uh, as long as I have the floor, I have to say that... Uh, Springsteen sucks. For Mr. <laughs> Hemphill to even compare petty to springsteen is blasphemy and sacrilege and uh he needs to repent he needs to get down on his knees i know that i know that i know that that comparing those two can seem like an insult to to tom petty and i understand i I have to uh, tell you jim i'm insulted (laughs) but anyway as soon buff as as soon as you uh said that was the topic for this week i was like there is no freaking way i can do it so why i want (laughs) to What I want to offer you instead is... Uh, Top five Bruce Springsteen songs. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Top five petty moments or Top five, moments. Top five petty experiences. Um, I'm going to play the youth card again. You guys yeah. got some years on me. I didn't know who petty was until Damn the Torpedo came out. And uh, mm. you could not turn on the radio that summer without hearing something from damn the torpedoes and it was all mostly (laughs) it was all incredible and you know this was the pre-mtv days and he didn't have what you would call a conventionally good voice but it was very very versatile he had that conversational croak he had the yeah and then he could take it up high and i was convinced there were two people singing in that band i really was and i was like this is great and then of course he follows that up with hard promises that leads me to my second experience for a moment and that is petty petty and the heartbreakers doing the waiting on saturday night live where he opens it alone with a 12 string acoustic Right. And and it builds and builds and builds and then when the band kicks in, you know, the whole world has an orgasm. Right. Number three experience is seeing them for the first time at long last, around nineteen ninety two when I was critiquing. That would have been at uh, Hilton Coliseum 
in Ames, Iowa. I was like, I saw this, him there too. This is an incredible band. They were incredibly rehearsed. And I don't think we've given enough credit to the band because that, that gets my vote, Pat. I agree with you, man. You can't, the band, you can't the band give, was, you, go ahead, Jim. You, I, you can't give too much credit to the Heartbreakers. Right. There's, there's no, there's no virtuosos. There's no show offs. Everything they did was in service to the song and they were able to switch it out and, and, and be incredibly versatile. But yeah, yeah. It, it was never like okay let's let's just wait through this verse and then we can get to an incredible like steve vai solo or something like that it was all about making the song emotionally resonant right you you couldn't you couldn't tell from the from from uh, from the songs but ben montage is damn close to a virtuoso ben montage oh, yeah, is an yeah, incredible yeah. piano yeah. player right. but but he played for the song that's exactly right I mean exactly. that that band they knew how they knew when to pull back. Yeah, the band is incredible. My number four moment is uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, and Jim, you were there with us too the last time we saw him. Yep. At the Irwin Center in Austin, Texas, that night Campbell played a lot of guitar. It was uh, it was really interesting because it didn't feel like they had made a conscious decision to give him a lot of solo space. He just found some where he could. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he was, he was great at filling it at like putting a lot of, like you just said, playing a lot of guitar without seeming like he was overplaying, man. Exactly. He, he exactly. found, he, he found yeah. you know, man, it, it, to me, it was, it, you know, I think about it like putty and a crack in plaster, man. He found him cracks and just filled them up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Jim and his wife and me and my wife were at that show together and it was just hit after hit after hit after yeah. hit after yep. hit after hit. And he came out, I remember he came out and said, we're going to play some old, old shit and some new shit. Some, uh, it was like, whatever. Everybody just went crazy. It was a tremendous show. It was. And that was the second to the last tour. And yep. they, they came back to town on the last tour and I was like, eh, I'll have a chance to see me again. Yeah, I bet you wish you had that decision to make again. Yeah. <laughs> My last moment or experience was at Austin City Limits after he died. Yeah. Petty had played. Uh, Petty had played at the Austin City Limits Music Festival at least twice, and it was after he had died. It was the year after he had died. And it was between sets on the big stages and they put up Petty and the Heartbreakers at Austin City Limits doing free falling. And everybody was like, oh, wow, this is really, really nice. This See, is another, nice. another song I totally forgot about that could have yeah. been on my list, no problem. So everybody's going, wow, yay, Tom Petty. We miss Tom Petty, we love Tom Petty. And then everybody starts looking up in the sky because there were two skydivers. <laughs> coming down to the ground during free falling oh yeah yeah because that's not hokey <laughs> I, yeah it's petty was you know I, I i saw petty i think four or five times live the the first time i had tickets for him i don't know if you remember this pat the first time that he was set to play Ames, 
was the night of the last, last episode, episode of MASH. Mash. Yes. And yes. no one bought tickets and they canceled yeah, that was the like show. In, what, that was like 1983 or something. Right? 80, 82? I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember I had that. To, I had really good seats uh, and uh, it got canceled. But he did a tour around the time of Wildflowers where he played smaller multi, multiple nights in smaller halls. And he played two or three nights at Bass Concert <laughs> Hall here in Austin. And that was uh, that unbelievable. Great. You know, unbelievable you know they were one of those bands that uh or like to, that like you know there's a, there's a few groups that make my list of this of bands that are arena bands that i really wish i could have seen in their first five years when they were still doing clubs yeah the stones uh well i i would have loved to have heard the stones when they were still a bar band and the same with uh petty and the guys because i bet you that what they did in an arena was not much off of what they did in a club, man. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and one of the things I wanted to mention also about, it, it, you know, the, the esteem in which Petty is held by musicians can be shown by how many bands covered his stuff after when he died as a tribute. Right. I mean, uh, I remember seeing, uh, seeing one of the Willie Nelson uh, New Year's Eve shows. He does three or four around New Year's Eve here right. in Austin. And you know, Lucas came out and played, I think, two or three Tom Petty songs. Really? Uh, Lucas Nelson did. I mean, everybody was doing was doing Petty songs. I remember Billy when we did that show in Macon was not too long after he had he'd been dead he about died. six months, man. And and all three of the bands that night did Petty covers. Yep. And uh and didn't man, and it, yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh it was I mean just everybody the killers came out and did a uh, petty cover at austin city limits music festival you know everybody all the musicians just love tom petty and that, is, that says a lot this is kind of a this is about a different band but it kind of parallels where petty was in rock and roll in the time anyway came. i uh go ahead <laughs> what just happened i don't know can you hear me I can hear you. What happened to Patrick? I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Billy uh, was saying something. Yeah, and yeah, stopped. and, and right, and and um, but well, a, a friend of mine said about the we were talking about the Stones one time, and he said the thing that made the Stones so cool was the in the late '60s and the early '70s, it, uh, rock had gotten really big, and it was this whole art cool thing. And he said, man, and nobody could. It didn't seem like anybody could write a hook. And, and and the Stones could ride a hook, you know. I mean, that was what uh, that, that was what Keith could do, man. He could ride a hook. And you think about you think about uh, the early to mid seventies, you know, when when uh, when the when the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, bro, uh, you know, first broke in. It was all those huge arena bands that I mostly don't like, you know, bands like Foreigner and and uh, you know groups like that. And, and there there weren't any just good guitar hook bands. You know, and 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 and, and Petty and, and the Heartbreakers, man, they wrote a real good guitar hook, man. I mean, they wrote a they wrote a guitar hook you could hang your damn coat on, and yeah. and and uh, and nobody is funny. Uh, nobody's list had breakdown on it, and yeah, but it's a great song. And, well, and it is a great song, but if you listen to all their stuff, it's weird because that that was his first huge hit, 
And that's kind of atypical of all their other stuff, man. I mean, it it wasn't jangly. It was more that, you know, dun, da, yeah. dun, da, you know, that, that yeah. big, it, it was like, hey, guys, let's write an arena rock hit. And and uh, and that was kind of it. And their other stuff was just, I mean, we're all in bands. That other stuff is, is and we've all, you know, we've all put songs together with, with our with our bands and, and that other stuff sounds like the kind of thing we would put together where it's just like, hey, man, I got this thing. I, I got this melody, you know, and Jim goes, oh, hey, wait, man, I can do this. <laughs> you know? and- it's funny. It's funny you should mention that because Petty had some kind of lick that led to the waiting, but it was Campbell that finished it. Right. You know, right. They were a band. They yeah, were a they, band. They, they, they understood. They an understood. ensemble. They were an ensemble. They yeah. understood the power of the band. A band is like a gang. A band is a collective that's stronger than its individual members, and True. that's what they were. Uh, certainly, you, you're talking, cer- you, certainly you, you my band is like that. You mentioned it. You, t- you said breakdown. I came this close to having that in mind, and, yeah. and the reason being the live version from Pack Up the Plantation is where, the, is, where yeah. he tells the audience, you're going to put me out of a job. You're going to put me out of a job. <laughs> And uh, but uh, but the first we're thing about breakdown is that's the first introduction I ever had to Tom Petty, and it was through a movie called FM. Yeah, I, I, cheesy right. movie, but yeah, it, I went it to was, see it, it was, because it had footage of Linda Ronstadt right. looking really hot, and she was smoking hot, <laughs> and uh, and Tom Petty was in the movie too, you know. Right. Or, uh, and, and he and he was not smoking. It was not hot, smoking hot, but he <laughs> sure did, he should he sure did sound good. He sounded yeah. great. And she I, was, put, I, I put on as much makeup as I could. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, anyway, I, there was no way I could come up with five songs, so I came up with five moments or five experiences. And, and, that, was, that, and that was perfect. Anybody That's a good idea. That song up. Uh, she yeah. went down swinging. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a good one. It was a great song. And see, that's one of those that, that I, I'm always misplaced and forget he did because it was after the period where I was, you know, buying a lot of records. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, just. So have he, we gone through everybody he, he now? Didn't, he didn't have a, he didn't yeah. have a slow period. Okay. Yep. yep. We're, uh, we're running, we're running long, but that's, yeah. I, I, I have one thing, guys, I wanted to clear up and I'm glad I saw this mm-hmm. in my notes. Uh, I had mentioned last week or week before something. I was talking about the movie, the CBGB movie, and yeah. saying that the there was a better documentary on YouTube. And I, somebody asked what the name of it was, and I said it's called CBGB, but it's not. It's called Blitzkrieg Bop. Blitzkrieg Bop. Oh. Okay. And it's a it's it's free on <laughs> YouTube. Jim, gra- Jim grabs his pencil. Yeah. But it's a it's a little documentary. Uh, dealing with Blondie, the Ramones, and the Dead Boys, and uh, the uh, the well, thing on YouTube is several times removed from the original VHS, and it's got Korean subtitles. But <laughs> other than that, it, you know, interviews with all the artists and managers, and and let me just say this: Debbie Har- Harry was hotter, smoking hot, hotter than a Mexican lunch. And the lady was at that point. She was all punk and pogoing and jumping all over the place. And she was smoking. Hot. She was, and she was so much better than Heart of Glass. I mean, so much better. 
I and actually it, always thought that was one of their weaker things. It really was. It was fu funny. They wrote it as a parody in that book I talked about last week that Lester Bangs wrote about Blondie. So they wrote that song and they called it the disco song and it was to make fun of disco. Of disco right. And then it became a big disco hit. <clears throat> yeah, that's when you got to watch making jokes like that. like, all right. <laughs> so uh, anyway. Um, this is uh, why the Rolling Stones, this is why the Rolling Stones regret having re written uh, Miss You too. Right, da, yeah. Da, da, da. Again, another disco tune, right? Da, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. We need to do a show sometime about the greatest Rolling Stones songs. No. Oh no, Thunder, Thunder Road, dude. No concert. Thunder Road would be Thunder Road would be my favorite Rolling Stones. It's also my favorite Beatles song. No con, no contest, man. But the uh, no, you know what's weird is I, uh, the song. You guys would never guess the song that pops into my mind when I think of the greatest Rolling Stones songs. Dude, I'm not going to try and go anywhere around your mind. <laughs> the okay. girl with the far away eyes. What a oh, great, yeah. One oh, of yeah. One of the best songs ever, man, and one of the best choruses ever. That's yeah. the True. thing. You're down they, on your luck. <laughs> if they wanted to be, they could have been a really great country band. They kind of were a country well, band. They're they Billy's, are, they are Billy's favorite. Yeah, country they're band. my favorite. They are a great band. country band. Dead, dead flowers, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Uh, Lately, influence. Graham Parsons really put a lot of influence on uh, Keith. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, I read. A, I read Kevin Kevin Moss sent me a, a Rolling Stone article from like, well, it's this month because it was only a week ago. It's a, a interview with uh, them, uh, Chris Hillman. Uh, and it's about it's it's about working with Graham Parsons and and he talks a lot about that about that period when they were hanging out at at the uh, with the Stones and that's what he said you know he said I, I wanted to I wanted to write good songs and at first that's what Graham wanted to do too and then Graham just wanted to be famous <laughs> yeah that's true well you were away a while ago when I was talking about my book recommendation and it's the uh, upcoming Chris Hillman book that he did and he's man. Great, uh, great stories in there about all that stuff. He, he really just lays it all out on the uh, line. This is this is probably an excerpt from that book. Probably is the. Um, okay, your mission, if you decide to accept it for next week. Okay, I, I know. I, I figure if I just thrust this on you while we're on the air, then you can't back out. Yeah, well, that's just wrong. But go ahead. Pick five great and very unlikely musical pairings which can be on record live uh concerts videos anything that you've seen or read about or, had or on heard the record that, that, that actually you, happened right that actually happened of <laughs> that actually happened of unusual pairings of artists that yeah. you might not, not think not not things you imagine <laughs> right yeah not things you imagine and please no Willie Nelson and Julio Iglesias. <laughs> hey, that, but that is an unlikely. Oh, so my girl. I love all right. I can well, anybody I can with tell. Willie is an unusual and, pairing. And, and I, and I can I'll, tell right now, Jim and I are thinking of the very same number one. Probably. Of course you do. Of course, got, you guys are always on the same I, I have my number. My number one is going to be Ray Charles and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Was hey, that? Man, I'm not. Was I'm that, not kidding. It's from. It's from one of those. Uh, yeah, one of his. Uh, one of those, uh, every uh, which way but loose. Every which yeah. way but loose. Yeah. 
Yeah. But they also did one with Merle Haggard, Clint Eastwood, and Merle Haggard, Barroom Buddies. Yeah, don't Man, you love the way good. Clint? Don't you love the way? Hey, I want to sing to the feeling. Right. Let's. My number one. My number one. Dynamite. <laughs> my my number one is going to be uh, Clint Eastwood and the empty chair at the Republican convention. That. Yeah, but I don't know if you could say that's an unusual pairing. <laughs> <laughs> He he was talking about unusual or unlikely pairings. I, I don't know. I I've got, uh, I've got, yeah. two, I've got two immediately in my mind. Is Good. one of them is it is one of them Springsteen and Tom Petty doing Thunder? <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. It's something with Springsteen. I never been out about it. Uh, okay, yeah, well that's good. One. That's good. Hey, hey, did you guys see that? Uh, William Shatter's got a new album coming out. Oh boy, he's, I can he's hardly doing wait. A, he's doing a blues album, and in the first the first single off of it is "The Thrill Is Gone." I can't wait to hear the it. thrill is gone for good. It's gone. For the good. thrill is gone. It's gone for good. Spock, the thrill is gone. You got to say Spock, or it just isn't Shatner. Um. <laughs> Sorry about that. All yeah, right. Uh, yeah, all right, then. That's going to wrap it up. Be, you should be sorry about that. Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I don't know. Well, <clears throat> I want to say thank you to Billy, Jim, thank you. Patrick, thank you. and Bruce. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to thank Bruce Springsteen because thank he, you, was, Bruce. he was mentioned in this program more than Tom Petty. Right. Who the show <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, at some point in the future, man, I had a great topic that yeah, all you all you guys will like. Probably our audience won't like it. So, well, of course, best best book that had great writing, but the book sucked. Hmm. So, oh. so the, the writing was great, but the but the plot and the book and I, was the book was terrible. No, that's but just not was... that's just not right that you talk about my books like that, <laughs> or Patrick's book. Yeah, you know, right. I, hey, hey, look out now. Yeah, I enjoyed that book about a dying tree, man. I'm not kidding you. So the real, I tell you what, I would write a book if I didn't know you guys, but I catch enough crap from writing songs and I actually kinda know how to do that. I got really tree. confused. The tree was a murderer. I thought was I was reading Patrick's book, but I was actually reading uh Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree and I got right. really confused. The murder right. tree. The murder tree. Murder, the murder tree. <laughs> the murder tree. No, I, 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 I'm about three quarters of the way through the Patrick's book, and it's, um, it's an it's interesting a story. I would have never it's known very, that ever even happened. I'll tell you what, and you've been reading that like a week, man. I read that I read that damn thing in like a day and a half. Yeah, but man. I'm reading like three books stop. at the same time. Yeah, so was I. <laughs> I can't read one all the way through. I always get, I've got uh, attention deficit disorder. Yeah, so I'll, they I'll, make they make something you can take for that. They call it tequila. Yeah, well, you <laughs> you should never have attention deficit disorder. I, um, do, I what? Who are you? <laughs> I don't know, but just hey, call man, me. You, you know what? You know what one of my favorite. You know what one of my favorite songs is. Hey, want to go ride a bike? <laughs> I was gonna. I came so close to just saying something really funny that would get us thrown off. Right. Well, I said. You you, I started you to say. Just call. You should have went for it. Well, you know oh, it's like this. I was going to say, Billy, they call me the worm, so eat me. Um, oh, that, oh, anyway, that's not, not going to get us tossed. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, you, you want me to get us tossed? Okay, swallow <laughs> I me. Bet, I, 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 bet, I bet you I can. 
me and Jim were doing a gig one time. I don't even remember where we were. And, and I walked over while he was taking this solo. <laughs> I leaned over to him. I said, hey, man, do you care if we ever play here again? <laughs> I think you've done that more than once, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, oh, okay, good. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. No, that's and, a sign that so, you got to just – you gotta, you gotta buckle let, up. What is that? Gotta, let let her buck. What's coming ride, next? Ride that when, pony till it bucks you off. <laughs> if you're, if you're on stage and you're having a conversation with your bandmate, like along those lines, shots are involved for sure. Oh, well, at least. Well, yeah. I, 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 thought, I thought that was a given. Hey, there's a there's a video somewhere on YouTube of me playing at the uh, 321 Lounge in in Silver Lake, and uh, you see me walk up the. So Ross Prodnick's playing the upright. You see me walk over and say something to him. You see him start laughing. I walked over and told him a joke during during guitar solo. I was walking over and said, "Hey man, I, uh, yeah, I better not tell this joke on the air. We will get bounced." Well, but, you know, I, I tell you, uh, I'm gonna have to <laughs> not drink during the uh, podcast anymore because <laughs> I'm, I just had a terrible, terrible thing go through my mind. Kept talking about Springsteen, and all of a sudden I pictured, and I'm wearing my dolls, New York Dolls shirt, and I all of a sudden pictured David Johansson singing Thunder Road. Thunder Road. Screen door slams, Barry's best red waves. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know why he's British. He's not British. He's New York. <laughs> and let me and and let me just say. This, that thing you said about not drinking one in the pot. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming that's aimed at me. And and let me let me just clarify here. I'm not always drunk. Lots of times I'm high. <laughs> so you know, so get it right. Well, now, that's true. Now, that's true. now, now today I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's good. Well, that's good. That made perfect sense. And uh, by the way, you uh, did a good job of stepping away when it was time to. Uh, do your recommendations actually actually so. man that wasn't about that uh griffin has finally started getting to go visit tony and he's at her house and uh oh me, good and we had a we had a 10 second facetime because griffin saw me and he went dang about okay i've seen you go away <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah family always got, comes first yeah you haven't met my family yet. yeah i have <laughs> I think they're great. Uh, you know, uh, when you got a well, lawyer for a wife, we're doing nutty. okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was a good show today. And it was good. Uh, all right, guys. We'll take care and uh, I will, uh, you know, stay in touch and everything like that. And uh, be sure to write. Oh, speaking of write, I want you guys to each, I, I was going to say this off the air, but I'll say it here. Text me or email me your mailing addresses. I've got something I'm sending to all three of you. I wonder what it is. I know it's not money. <laughs> it could be a surprise. Yeah, it, it's going to certainly be a surprise. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, uh, all right, guys. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Buff. We'll Y'all be next, good. See you next time. Be Bye. good.
That was, of course, the late, great Tom Petty, the title track from his album, Southern Accents. What a great song. It's sort of almost a theme song for me and for a lot of us, right? I want to thank everybody for tuning in again today for the Kudzu Radio Hour. I want to thank uh, my partners in crime, 
Billy Eli, Patrick Beach, and Jimmy Hemphill. Three wild and crazy guys. <laughs> so, so, so fortunate to have those guys sharing the uh, podcast with me. I'm just very blessed. What can I say? Texas came a-calling and I got lucky. Yeehaw! Which reminds me, I, I wish I could get back out there and visit again. Joy Parrish and I had so much fun when we went out, when we went out there to record with Jim Hemphill and Billy Eli. And now that I know Patrick, next time we're out there, uh, we got to all get together and have an adult beverage, right? Anyway, thanks for listening to the program. I want to thank our sponsors once again, the Boxmasters. Yeah, baby, a rock and roll band. The Boxmasters, their latest album, Light Rays, is kicking it. Man, it's getting rave reviews in advance. And it's coming out. It's been been delayed because of the COVID, but it's coming out. Meanwhile, you can hear the first single, which was Breathe Easy. You can download that. Or you can download also the title track, Light Rays, another great song. Um, so they're kind of rolling them out, you know, uh, so you can hear some of the music anyway until the product comes out. When it comes out, it's going to be available. Excuse me. Sorry about that. It's weird when you belch in the middle of a commercial, isn't it? That's just not right. It's just not right. But it's live, folks. What can I say? It's live internet radio. <laughs> but man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Uh, the Boxmasters album is great. That's all I can say. Light Rays, best one yet. And there have been a bunch since uh, the past 12 or 13 years. A bunch of them. So uh, please, 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 please give it a listen. Uh, you might recognize some of the guys in the band. J.D. Andrews, pretty doggone famous. That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, he, the uh, drummer is a pretty nice kid from Arkansas, Alpine Valley, Arkansas. And... Uh, He's a, he's a great drummer, songwriter, and singer. And his name is Bud, Bud Thornton. He's a friend of mine, I'm happy to say. Just a good guy. I'm glad he made it in music. He used to be a roadie. He was a roadie for the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and a bunch of other people like that. But now he is the rock star. I love it. Boxmasters. Light Rays, go to their website at theboxmasters.com, theboxmasters.com. Check them out. Also, follow them on their social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and the Instagram account is Boxmasters Official or the Boxmasters Official. I suppose if you search for Boxmasters Official, it'll pop up. And you should follow them because you can get all kinds of cool pictures from the past, present, and future. Well, not the future. <laughs> You'd have to get in the, into the DeLorean to do that. But you can get, you know, all that kind of stuff from the Boxmasters. Also, our other sponsor, 
Who you calling chicken? I'm calling you chicken, Springer Mountain Farms, because you are chicken. You're the best chicken anywhere. That's right, baby. I'm telling you, good chicken. Uh, raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts. None of that junk. Fresh, healthy chicken. If you're going to eat chicken, get this chicken. You can find the frozen... Uh, my favorite is the uh, chicken breast fillets that are frozen. And... Um, Thaw them puppies out, put them on the grill. So good to make you slap your granny. <laughs> Just sorry, that's another one of my southern colloquialisms. For those of you up north, slap your granny does not mean actually to hit your elder. It is just a wacky little statement, okay? I do not I do not uh, recommend violence of any type. But I will say that you need to get Springer Mountain Farms chicken. And I also will say that if you want it delivered contact-free to your door, you can order it. That's right. You can order chicken. Man, what you know things are going great when you can order chicken and have the chicken brought to you. Springer Mountain Farms. And the website is springermountain.com. Now, that's SpringerMTN.com. SpringerMTN.com. One more time, SpringerMTN.com. So you go to Springer Mountain Farms, get you some sick chicken. Get you some chicken. Get you some chicken. Also, go to Fog Hat Cellars and order you up some Fog Hat wine. I recommend the Pinot. <laughs> some grilled chicken some fog hat wine put the box masters on the stereo crank it that's all you need that's all you need you'll uh, next thing you know you'll be belching and dancing around like an idiot like me <laughs> all right anyway i apologize for being a little silly and no i'm not drunk no not yet but I'm going to work toward it, you know, as best I can. I want to be more like Billy. We all want to be more like Billy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got I've got to have something to aspire to. Thanks for listening to the Kudzu Radio Hour. And uh, if you're still listening now, God bless you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat time channel later i reckon that doesn't quite satisfy me